Hey everybody, welcome to the Decipher the Media podcast. This is episode number 20 with Simran Kaur. Um, she's joining me from all the way from London. So uh, first international guest on the podcast. Uh, we connected up via uh, video chat um, where uh, we uh, talked about a lot of uh, good things and uh, she's uh, a very awesome uh, creative individual um, that uh, I had met through uh, seeing her social media projects or her projects on social media. Um, she posts a lot of her stuff on Instagram. So if you get a chance, um, go check her stuff out. I'm going to have the link here in the description. Um, definitely check that out. So, uh, Simran, uh, uh, does a lot of, um, a lot of interesting, uh, photography and, um, creative projects. Um, that are it's just really cool and uh, uh, always takes on a bit of a, a still life approach and also includes a lot of surrealism. So um, we talk a lot about her projects um, that focus on on those things in in particular. Um, and then uh, she also talks a lot about, her process in uh, creating these projects, which involves a lot of um, uh, a balance between researching and uh, experimenting to sort of come to the um, the end goal or the the final product. Um, so a lot of uh, just a lot of great advice for for anyone who is out there who you know is a creative is an aspiring creative even someone who's a, a veteran might find some some good information from this um, to take away and then uh, we also um, talk about how to sort of decipher the the feedback that you could receive from your projects and how that affects you and how to sort of distinguish between positive feedback and toxic feedback and to just you know knowing what what is good feedback and what is feedback that you should probably just ignore altogether um that's more of an attack on you personally than it is um a, a critique on your project so we we talk a lot about that as well and uh then finally we discuss a lot about um, social media and how uh, social media affects us, how we get stuck in that loop of scrolling through social media and you know how that can turn into a time waster and also um, how you can use social media to your benefit. So we talk a lot about her and she talks about um, you know her her personal experiences with that and how um, some recent experiences, led to her uh, thinking differently in a different way about uh, uh, social media. So it was a really awesome conversation and I was so, so happy that uh, she was able to come on to the pod or um, to connect with me on the podcast uh, to talk about this stuff. Um, this is a part one of two as well. So there's going to be uh, another episode uh, with Simran in uh the future so be on the lookout for that um this is going to be just the first part which covers about the first hour uh, of our our discussion um so without further ado this is a uh, decipher the media episode number 20 with simran core enjoy So yeah, um, I don't know. I don't have an official introduction or anything like that. So um, let me see. So we were just uh, talking about, uh, you know, where or what your kind of like your plans are. Um, um, so what what are you going to school for currently? So I go to the East London University. Okay. And well, I just do photography and I'm a second year student. So, yeah, I'm mainly specialized in still life and product photography. 
but I do also do some illustration and mm -hmm. do some paintings, of course, um, just to find some inspiration for my photography. But I do also have like, you know, mini projects for my illustration and paintings. Yeah. But yeah, I, well, I really want to focus more on my photography. So like still life and product. So maybe, you know, one day I could work for small businesses because I like supporting them. So like yeah. with my photography, I could help them. And yeah, I also like mainly still life because I want to showcase to people my perspective of still life. So like showcasing them how beautiful a piece of, I don't know, anything literally, like any object or piece of food can be. Right. But you don't actually see it because you don't see it from another type of perspective. So like to create that perspective you can either you know style the object or style the stage you can put the object in so you just showcase the beauty of this single object or a multiple type of object that are put together in a subject okay basically <laughs> i know it's quite hard to understand but what i'm trying to say is that well i just want to showcase to people that still life can be beautiful of course and even like a simple object can be amazing yeah. What what would an example of like still I I've seen some of your your stuff on Instagram and it's really good. It's I I love Thank you. I love your work. Um, you know. Yeah. And... Usually I try to tell a story or like share an emotion yeah. with my pro little project of photography by using still life. So right now what I'm working on um still life project called the picnic I never had, which is about well a picnic I never had of course. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, because um, we are in a lockdown again, I need to cancel my plan. And my friend suggested, oh, you know, we can, of course, go to the picnic. But why don't you do maybe a project about it? It could inspire you because I was already sad. And by talking to her, I was like, you know what? I might actually do it. But I needed to think how. And I just started playing around with Play-Doh and doing like creating yeah. fake food with my brother. And I just started thinking, you know, let me create some fake food and showcase in a dreamy way and surreal way, of course, because I am a surreal photographer and artist. And I just like playing with dreamy, aesthetic and surreal perspectives. And yeah, I was like, yeah, I want to showcase my sadness through this project. So sometimes it's just an emotion I want to showcase how yeah. this lockdown did affect me or something. Um, and Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, no, you go ahead. <laughs> You wanted to say something. Oh, I was going to say, um, have you ever um, done any studies on like postmodernism? Because it's uh, really interesting. I don't, it, sometimes they kind of overlap with surrealism a little bit. Not for now, actually. Okay. I didn't actually do it. But yeah, I've been researching about surrealism, especially since I started university, I think. Because, well, before university, I didn't actually understand surrealism, if I want to be honest with you. Mm -hmm. I didn't specifically understand what it was. Like, I had this vague idea about it. Yeah. I knew who Man Ray was, but I didn't actually research about him because I don't know why, honestly. But then I started getting more interested in photography. And, yeah, I just wanted to do photographers in university to study a bit more about photographers or like research my style learn some techniques and such and yeah i mean i just started researching about man ray which is a surrealist photographer and i really got like inspired from him especially from his photography that showcased uh the tear glasses oh sorry tear glass uh, Mm -hmm. I'm really bad at pronouncing sometime um, when I get nervous, especially. Oh, no, you're fine. <laughs> but yeah, I just got inspired from him. And then I got inspired from Irving Penn and many other photographers, actually. I did also get inspired by Tim Walker, which I found out about um, probably in 2020, like the start of 2020, because I ordered some of his books where showcases like his work and such. And I did find a bit of surrealism, like that dreamy aesthetic I really wanted to, you know, to have, but like, not like I possess, of course, but like to practice it with and to understand a bit more what is surrealism. Because, yes, research can help you to understand what it is, like the basic of it.
But if you want to look deeply in it, I think you just need to experiment with it. It's not just about researching photography. It's all about experimenting most of the time. Yes, you do your research, the basic one. But then if you want to understand the research, you need to practice, to experiment with whatever idea you have. Just don't, you know, sit there and be like, oh, how am I going to do that? Why am I going to do that? Like question yourself over and over again. So usually what I do is plan. And then I just do a bit of research, not too much, because I found out that, well, personally, I don't know about other people, but for me, if I do too much research, I get stuck. I don't know what is the reason, but I just get stuck in my research. And I'll be like, okay, this is enough. Like how much research I need. Sometimes I do also interview people about how they feel in some specific, well, specific, I would say, uh, situations or like emotions. So I can understand how I'm going to shoot, what I'm going to sketch from a shoot. And then I, I think about the process of styling the still life. But sometimes it can also be about styling the model. Because as I say, I do also do creative photo shoots. But that happens only, I would say, once a month or something, mm -hmm. or even less. Because that just goes for fun for me. It's not my main thing. It's just something that I do to get inspired from my still life actually to like experiment actually but sometimes most of my creative portraits have a story especially right now with the lockdown yeah um so would you say like you you try to create these things that evoke emotion is that sort of the the basic gist of surrealism or how would you describe it i would like well mostly i create actually project the showcase a story like a story sorry right a story um <laughs> so like a set of pictures that are set up properly like composed properly to showcase a story so like you can okay okay you can read the caption or something in the instagram but if i put the pictures like that on a wall you're just going to interpret them right, uh, right. what i do is like compose them for like usually do six images or ten whatever they are how many they are and then I start thinking, okay, how am I going to compose them to actually set them up and tell a story? And yeah, from that story, of course, then I want to give an emotion. And that quite of emotion, I want to, well, to be inside the viewer. It's like to stay in there and to actually never forget about the project if it touched them. But if it didn't, I'm actually okay with that. Mm -hmm. um, in the end of the day but yeah for me surrealism is about showcasing like unreal things like how to make an object look unreal and okay. not real anymore so like you put a pencil on the table it looks you know pretty real it's nothing it's just a pencil you write with but when it comes to styling what i think about is how can you know make it look unreal a strange movement something that doesn't make sense so like posing there like posing the pencil in the air or something right um posing the pencil mm, inside a laptop posing the pencil inside a lamp or even you know posing the lamps the sorry the pencil inside a base or something like that so like it's all about thinking strange things because for me surrealism is always been about looking about things that look strange, that look unnormal, you know, like you wouldn't find a pencil in a vase. It doesn't look normal. Why is it there? <laughs> That's yeah. the question. Like it's quite like a childish question. I understand, that, of course. But for me it's like this. Maybe for other people it's not like this. I'm totally fine with it, of course. Um but yeah, that's it really like what is surrealism for me and why I'm you know I quite um I would say attracted to it because I want and I always will probably make look thing like make things look um quite strange, like dreamy and surreal because I want people to enter this surreal state, this unreal state where they can find the emotions. And this unreal state for me is dreams in general. And dreams are connected of course to surrealism. Hmm. And I actually did find this in Man Ray by looking at these projects. Um, because his project just 
reminds me of dreams sometimes. I'm not sure why. I never understood why I always looked for dreams in his projects, but it's probably because they look like some of them, they look quite dramatic to me. Right. And they remind me of, of some dreams I had, like mainly nightmares, I think. But yeah, I even like dreams. So I just look about dreams in surrealism and strange things. How can I make like look this object strange? How can I make it look like a story? And animate it somehow by look by creating this project, you know, and photos. Yeah. Um yeah, I wish I could remember the dreams that I have. Like most of the time I can't <laughs> can't remember any of the dreams. I used to be able to like ha I used to have very vivid dreams and that that were actually the inspiration of stories that I've written. Um, but like nowadays I can't, I can't for some reason i can't remember dreams much anymore but um sometimes the best thing i think to do is record your dreams after you woke up so like write it somewhere yeah. even if it's just a bit that's that's what um, i hear yeah that the just kind of write down what you just experienced but you know i, I just forget sometimes you know it's, yeah it's Hard. I, usually um, it's like I wake up and that's not the first thing I'm thinking about. I'm thinking about, oh, I just want to sleep a couple more hours or something like that. But, you know, um, uh, so have you ever um, done anything with like, because I was thinking about, I don't know why I was thinking about this. I took a, a digital arts class um, in college and we did like these surrealist stop motion things. Have you ever experienced? Oh, stop motion, yeah. Yeah. Stop motion. <laughs> I did experiment with stop motion, but it was, would say, two months ago. It's yeah. not my thing, no? unfortunately. Okay. No, it's not my thing. <laughs> but I did try to do it, like with objects, and it's quite, like, it was quite fun, actually. Um, I did enjoy it because it looks quite unreal, you know. So what I did is put a piece of paper, and then with the stop of motion. You know, I just created like this piece of paper would transform into a lamp randomly. I don't know why I had this idea, but it was probably something for like experimenting, you know, with just random idea I had at the moment to understand how stop motion work. And it looked quite, you know, unreal, unrealistic mm -hmm. and just surreal, just something unreal. You can't make, you know, a lamp out of a paper. Um, it's quite, you know, just random idea putting that. But yeah, I did try stop motion and it's quite nice actually, but I'm just not really into it, I guess. Yeah, it's also like a lot. I remember it was a lot of work to do stop motion. It's just like you, you have to take a serious. Well, I took the hard approach when I did my project. Instead of doing photographs, I did drawings. So I was doing all these stop <laughs> motion drawings in like Adobe Illustrator. Yeah, that can be hard. And yeah, that, that can be really hard. It was it it was so time consuming because I was drawing each individual, you know, image uh, uh, frame. So, oh, it was it was a lot. But yeah, it I I've, I saw some of the other projects and it was just it was really intriguing to me to see, you know, what people come up with as, you know, these these surrealist ideas with with stop motion and moving objects. Yeah, that ma aren't... mainly. In stop motion, I did see people doing like you know, surreal things. So you take a piece of paper, I have a piece of paper. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I have a piece of paper and you just, you know, usually a piece of paper, they do nothing. Well, think about it, you know, make it move like a car or something. So, I, you know, it does that sound or something. So I just, right. you, know, you know, something like that. And yeah, it's quite interesting for me, but it's just, uh, it just didn't, sparkle inside yeah. me yeah it just no, didn't I, grow yeah the, for the, now for now i don't know what will happen in future but it could you know um as i work a lot with still life if one day someone asks me can you do stop motion i think i can say yes because i did experiment a lot with it yeah but like not like the drawing one but mostly with still life and such right and right. yeah maybe when i have like some time and I want to have fun. I actually just do it. Yeah, that's it. that is very time consuming. There are projects like that's a, that's a thing is like certain projects just take a lot more time to, to do. Of course, so of you course. have to yeah. like you have to plan yeah. appropriately. What sort of About your what's sort of your your uh, um, planning routine when you when you start a project like with 
what do you do to get from the the you know to the end product? Lana. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> no, okay. I, I always stop. I always stop doing this. Uh, no, you're fine. I just love cooking. Okay. Um. Now I'm serious. Actually, I plant way too much. Um. Mm. First of all, I believe I'm a workaholic. I do work too much. Um. <laughs> and I think this thing started probably at the end of my high school. And it's really bad actually for me because then I can't get breaks. Um, but then I started, you know, as university started, I was like, I need to get a planner because then I can, you know, understand how I'm going to set up my photo shoots and stuff. So, okay, before when I didn't quite understand anything about photography, if I want to be honest with all of you. <laughs> of course, I mean, it, it always starts well, like that. Yeah, you, know, you have um, to start somewhere. So. <laughs> And yeah, I was like, okay, you know, I can do a project in one week. Yes, yes, of course, in one week. Um, yeah, my but my project would turn out absolutely nothing nice, like nothing, nothing that would sparkle to me again in one year. So like most of the projects I did last year, um, well, actually not last year, I would say 2019 or 2020, something like that. Um, they didn't sparkle. I actually forgot about them. But I believe the projects I'm doing right now, they do sparkle. And probably because uh, I take my time now. Like So like now I have to do a photo shoot. And there was this photo shoot called Pause, which talks about anxiety. And I can't wait to post about it, actually. Or like share it to people because it's quite important to me as well. I myself, well, actually suffer from anxiety, but I don't actually showcase it because as we know, not you know every symptom is showcased. Sometimes people just try their best to hide things they don't want to share with people, I think. Yeah. And well, I know that some other people, you know, they showcase the anxiety and such. And I did interview people to understand how they feel whenever they're anxious because I didn't want this project to be only about myself. I wanted my projects to be also about other people. So like their emotions and not just my emotions. Sometimes I was like, yeah, I really want to include, you know, people around me in this project and not just, you know, me and that's it. So like stay in my bubble, go out of your comfort zone or something if you don't have like also inspiration because I think that pushed me to actually do this project and take my time and understand like, what is the importance of taking time doing your projects? Why do you do that? Um, well, I saw that by taking my time, I actually created, well, this actually beautiful project because I had the interview with the project. So I think he gave it a, a, a story, you know, actually to each picture I created. And I used eyes and unfortunately I have a small freezer. So I needed to take more time. So like one month and a half or more months, like, two months, something like that it took me. Um, but yeah, but taking my time, I also understood, well, the importance of it, of course. But I also understood that if I didn't take my time, probably I wouldn't have, you know, rethinked the projects so or rethinking about it. It's so like planning it again, because I actually went back and sketched again my photo shoot, because I didn't like the initial idea. I was like, no, this doesn't showcase anxiety. And it's just, it doesn't look that well. It doesn't look, you know, presentable. So what happened after it actually made me happy because it just showcases it. I used eyes and toys to actually represent anxiety. And I also did use the interview to understand how I'm going to put the toys inside the eyes to showcase this type of anxiety people have. Or like, you know, to also showcase like how it happened. And I also started using more light. I also started understanding shadows. Then I understood the importance of time. The importance of time for me was about thinking, like processing the things, uh, sketching and doing that and that. And in that, my planner came really helpful actually, um, because I started not overworking myself. I had more energy. And I started planning, you know, each day what I would do. Okay, I'm going to sketch that day. So tomorrow I will do the photo shoot. 
then the next day I will edit. So I can also have some time to work out. I can also have time to I don't know, uh, chat with my friend, play with my little brother, or like you know, doing something else. I don't know anything really, like painting, because I like painting. Um, but yeah, mostly my plan behind photo shoots come with this recipe time, of course, from now on is always time for me. Um, this is what I understood luckily in in the end of 2020 and also start of 2021. Um, and then of course there was research, not too much research because from what I understood for me, too much research, well, it just blocks me from doing something. Um, brainstorm and mood board because I need that. I need to understand why I'm doing it. What is the story? I, I need this is my need, I think. Um, and I just be like, okay, so what are you going to try to tell the audience, the viewer about this project? Why you do it? What you did, of course. Um, it's like sharing the emotions behind it or like the story and such. And, you know, just sketching it. How are you going to position each still life? Or, I don't know, the model. How are you going to dress her up or something? Because when it comes to creating portrait, of course, you're just going to showcase her face sometime. But... Sometimes it's just also part of the body. They're going to see what she's wearing. And color and fashion is really important in photography, I believe. Not just fashion photography, but also like poetry one. Because if you want to showcase a specific emotion, so like, for example, you want to showcase, I don't know, sadness, um, I would rather use blue than green, of course, because blue showcases sadness. You want to symbolize something. And I quite like doing symbolism in my portrait creations um because i just like working on it and that's some really hidden symbolism in my portraits i just don't tell people to because i want the viewer to actually go and find them what you see in that is not what i see in that yeah it's actually always different like it's perspectives you know so yeah i always tell my viewer to like don't listen to me first but like try to view your, by yourself the work and see what you see in it then I will tell you what I did see in it and why I did create it, you know, to see like different perspectives, understand different stories, maybe. Yeah, that's, <clears throat> that's really awesome. What, what sort of, um, do you get a lot of different responses from people who view your work? Like, is it very across the board or does it seem to sort of um, come closer to the idea that you sort of have in your head? Hmm. Sometimes it is, sometimes it's not. And honestly, I'm fine with it. Yeah. As I said, we all have different type of perspectives towards things. Uh, some people will believe, oh, you know, that symbolizes, I don't know, love or something. And that yeah. person would say, no, it symbolizes lust or something because it's red or something. When actually we all know that red can symbolize both. Of right. course, we know that. And I mean... <laughs> It just depends on people, I think. But yeah, um, I do get responses like, oh yeah, you know, I really like your work, but I can't see the emotion. <laughs> it was like that before. And I took it to myself. And if I need to be honest, I, I did cry about it once. <laughs> I, I really want to tell about this because I think people should hear this. So look, um, this happened before university. It was my last year of high school. My teacher told me the truth. My my work didn't sparkle an emotion. The work I presented for the final project. It was hard to take it, but you know what? Um, she was right. Of course, this this didn't decrease my you know grade. I got a B, which is good. I mean, mm -hmm. I don't mind. Like in the end of the day, remember your grade doesn't represent you what represents you is you and what you do actually um but yeah what i'm trying to say is just that what she said to me did make me sad but then uh, from that i think i grew up because i understood that i didn't put any emotion in my projects and that was of course my fault because i didn't plan anything in the right way like how could I tell a story if i didn't put my emotion in it like why i wanted to tell it so it was like I think my project was just pushed because I wanted to finish it, you know? It's so like just to get that grade, I think, at that point. And then I understood, okay, maybe you should 
you know, stop focusing on the grade and start focusing more on the project. Like what you want to showcase, an emotion, a story, something similar, just something. What is you? What is the project? And I started distaching myself, of course, from the project, because once you put it out there, it's not yours anymore. It's the person, it's the viewer's project. They're going to see it and they're not going to look at you. Like it doesn't symbolize you. Most of the time it's just symbolizes itself. If you yeah. know what I mean. So like you just put the project on one side and you are at this other side. So like how people are going to take opinions about the project is not an opinion about you. It's about the project, it's not you. So right. this is how you separate yourself from the project and not take it personally, as I did. And this is another thing I understood from a teacher. And I think I'm glad that my teacher did say that, even though I did cry, but that's fine, honestly. Um, we all cried, <laughs> don't we? I mean, yeah. Um, I just didn't understand this and I'm lucky that I did. And also my university teacher, um, she did say the same thing, not about the emotion thing that I didn't put it, but she did say, you need to de detach yourself from the work. Once it's out there, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't symbolize you. It's just your project, but it's not about you anymore. You're just telling a story with the project. and. The viewer might not understand that is about you. Sometimes, okay, you might can state it in the project statement or something, but not everyone are going to read the project statement. They're going to see their own story in it sometime, you know? It's yeah. like their perspective about it. Has has their perspective ever changed like your idea of your own project? Like has No. It... No? Okay. <laughs> no. Like I wasn't sure if like maybe because I, I've, I think I've had this once or twice with my own projects is just like somebody tells me something that I've just never, you know, it's it's like a completely different perspective on something. And I'm just like, wow, this like I've never looked at it this way before, you know, and that's a really interesting way to kind of kind of see things. So I wasn't sure if like maybe you've had that sort of similar experience. No, I tried my best like, OK, to understand that person perspective, respect it. Right. But. Uh, Sometimes, okay, I do change my perspective of things, but not about my project, about things. So like political perspective, uh, relationship, relationships perspective. So like understanding when a person is toxic, because before I didn't understand that, you know, if that person would do that, that means it's toxic. No, I didn't know about that. And then once I understood it, I left my boyfriend uh, uh, because he was toxic and bunch of other people were toxic in my you know group of friendship as well and i did need to leave them but about my projects i don't think i ever changed my mind about them so like actually you know saying yes uh, your opinion is right or something i just say yes it could be that it could be that because you know as i said we detach ourselves from the project so the project becomes about the audience or the viewer um and not about you anymore actually yeah because yeah just uh, i mean it's just like that for me i think um but i remember that i think once i did change my own point of view towards my project um someone had a pretty bad perspective about my project it was like one of those jolly projects you know humoristic thing but someone found it really controversial or something like that and i was like why like i don't see anything you know like that and then he explained why he saw it like that and i didn't still understand it but then i acknowledged it actually and i think he was just right like i just didn't pose it in the right way but then i was like no it's just the way he sees it your perspective shouldn't change so i started stopping myself from you know changing my perspective about my project because my project has his own idea right. and he knows perspective but what you're going to see is another perspective and that perspective is about you and your opinions are you know your opinions and of course you shouldn't push them on other people no that's that's great to hear i i really love hearing that from you um just because it's um i mean i i know from personal experience that i i constantly beat myself up when I get like somebody's opinion that's not exactly a hundred percent a positive opinion, yeah, but... it's really like uh, really, <laughs> you know, like uh, really, yeah. 
other than all that. Um, but yeah, I've been there <laughs> a lot of times, um, especially during the first year of university. And right now I'm in my second year. I'm mm -hmm. going to start the second part of my second year now, other three months and then, you know, third years. And then of course I'm going to do my master's because I really want to you know, okay. actually study, study it properly and grow up in photography. Yeah. What, what, uh, 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 oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Okay. I, I will continue. But what I'm trying to say is just that I've been there and Honestly, what happened is that, yeah, I started thinking, yes, that is your opinion, but I have my own opinion and that's fine, I guess. Um, but I'm not going to try to change it. If I'm going to reshoot, to rethink, then yes, I would do that. So like, if that opinion is really like um, about, I don't know, the, the technique, like what, what else could I have done or like experimenting a bit more, then of course I'm going to do experimenting a bit more because why not? I mean, experimenting will help you to grow. Right. So that's fine. Um, but yeah, I think after all those opinions, what happened is that I started giving sharper feedbacks to my to my friends in my university. So by that, I mean that I started actually being more honest about the project. So like we give each other feedbacks when we showcase our project in the university. We say whatever it feels like, what is you know, what, what is that, what it means to us and such. But we also see the technique used. Um, how was the framing? How is that? How is that? Sometimes the feedback can be really like hard to take. And I know some people that it's very really hard for them to take. And unfortunately I can't bring myself to like stop giving a sharp feedback. And I'm trying like, you know, softer myself to do that but I think at the same time I'm giving the honest opinion and I think people do want to hear the honest one you know and not just a yeah. false one because I know that some people did give me like just a false one to make me happy in past and that didn't help that didn't make me grow up actually that put me behind actually and right now I just feel like I'm growing because people do give me like an honest like feedback about my projects which makes me really happy and this is why I started giving my honest opinions about projects like you, what you could have done better and something else like my honest opinions about that what you could like do in future not with the projects now like change it or something but like do it in future so, like try to experiment more I don't know with your film camera for example if you use your film camera just do more experimenting if you don't understand how to use the exposure do more a bit of research if you stuck or like um, you could even talk with someone who is better with a film camera and such. If you don't know how to style your still life or product, that's fine. You shouldn't be sad about it. Like it's all about a journey where you experiment with everything, like literally just experiment with everything. Okay, you might even have a style, honestly. Let's talk about that, actually. We all have our own styles in photography, yes. But you shouldn't like just be stuck in it. Don't say to yourself, oh yeah, because it's my style or something. Yes, that's fine. You have your style, that's good. But try to also experiment out of your box because otherwise you're going to have an art block. <laughs> Trust me, it's, it's just like that. Art block or like photographer block or something like that, you could say. Um, it's just when you're stuck and you don't know how to do that or like, like how to tell a story anymore. It happened to me actually, this photographer, block i would say like at some point i didn't understand how to tell a story with my project it was hard but yeah, i got that so it's just a journey actually it's long i mean it, it never ends there is no end and yeah it ended no like it, it just means that you're going pension from photography or something <laughs> like another person yeah. <laughs> i mean you're you're you retired yourself from photography no there is no end in the, this journey it's beautiful it's long it might be painful sometime and that's fine of course like you're going to cry sometime because some people are harsh with feedbacks but they're trying their best to give you an honest one they're trying their best to tell you the truth to make you grow up and the project is not about you 
And I know it's so hard to take it in because I've been sad many, 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 many times because someone feedback was harsh. But then I understood, no, you shouldn't be sad because they're trying to make you grow up. Of course, then there are toxic feedbacks where people just want to, you know, make you feel down. And then you can understand actually toxic feedback. Um, I remember talking about this with my teacher from an email. I did ask her what is a toxic feedback actually, because she did mention it one time, but I didn't understand it. And she replied with, oh, it's when basically they're just trying to talk about you, but they're not actually talking about the project. So like they're talking about the idea behind the project, but in a way that, um, well, how would they say it? that it just makes you feel awful or something, you know, just, you can actually feel it when it's toxic and it's not like um, talking about your project, but it's talking about you and saying, oh yeah, it's your fault or something, you know, Yeah. that is toxic. Then, then you shouldn't listen to that, of course, just close your eyes, don't get angry, please, <laughs> and close your ears if you can. Um, but yeah, it's just quite hard actually to even understand when it's toxic or not. It's already hard to understand if it's like the true, honest opinion of a person, because right. sometimes they can even lie to you to make you just happy. You know? Yeah, it, that's another example is like, <clears throat> I know from from experience, some people will just like give their opinion, like somebody who thinks they're trying to compete with you or something will just give an opinion just to make you feel like your your project is not as good as theirs. Like I've gotten that in the past and that's, that's a very toxic trait, you know, with, with, um, you know, a, a creative community. And I honestly, you know, people, pe creative people should always build on each other and they should always support each other. And, and if course. there's any sort of criticism, it should be constructive criticism and never, yes. never aimed in a way that's, you know, yes, yes. meant to put somebody down. Yes. Is it's always there to help you. Like, you know, I can't really explain it when it's toxic. It's already hard for my teacher to explain it when it's toxic. Right. But she said, you can understand it when it's toxic. Trust me, you can understand it. It's the way they say it. Yeah. I understand how they say it. Okay, sometimes they might not mean it. But remember that the way they say it, the tone, the words, and that's it. You just understand it from that. Toxic or not. If yeah. it's the honest or they're just lying saying, oh, yeah, it's beautiful. And that's it. You know, that, of course, is just, okay, maybe it's beautiful, but tell me more. I don't know, something that I could, you know, improve in future or something and such. Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing that really gets to me. It's I always like sort of, I'll maybe send somebody a picture of something I'm working on or something like that. And they're like, oh, that's great. And I'm like, but why like why is it great how can i improve <laughs> on it like can you give me a little bit more feedback than you know oh that's cool or something like that you know <laughs> yeah i really hate when people do that as well like i understand this for some people i can actually understand when for some people it's hard to give a feedback because they either gave one ever or they just don't want to hurt you some way and that's fine as well, you know. Yeah. But sometimes you're just going to ask gently, just give me, you know, a proper feedback, like a long one. <laughs> yeah. And then they will, they will actually give you actual feedback, you know, or like about, you know, if it's bad or that and such. And then there are those type of people who will actually search for the bad when actually there is no like a proper bad thing. There is nothing bad in the end. It's just about improving, as I said. But yeah, you know, some people they just invent things. Sometimes it happens, but other times, you know, it's about truth. That's it. And in that case, it's quite hard for me to understand when they're telling the truth. Um, yeah, that's really like I can understand when someone lies, but when it comes to feedback, it's so hard for me to understand when they're toxic, when they're lying. If it's like a true heartfelt opinion or something, or like that are trying to help me to, you know, experiment more and, and grow such. It's just really hard, honestly. And yeah, I think the creative industries are really hard as uh, always like other industries and such. Um, but yeah, I did see like or hear about many toxic people in it. And I'm just trying to avoid them actually like, you know, reading or like following them on Instagram because um, it's just the way 
they actually are you know just like you don't want to follow them or something yeah and actually yeah. that's a great segue into something i think we wanted to talk about a little bit is sort of the presence of social media with oh yeah <laughs> you know the, our creative selves and how how that sort of impacts us and um what's what's your experience with all that you 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 told me recently about um something that you had experienced so why don't you tell me a little oh, bit about yeah. that oh yeah okay let's start with this um this week i had a random action blog from instagram i couldn't like couldn't follow do anything even post my creations what i was annoyed from is that i couldn't post i didn't actually care about liking it was about posting because i really wanted to showcase my work and i was like okay <laughs> what well, i'm gonna do it this week then like no showcasing my work just story reels because strangely i could post reels but like not normal you know posts and such and okay first of all i got pissed yeah then angry then sadness then i started talking with my friend and she was like take this week as a break from social media i guess and i was like but yeah what i'm gonna do and she said just what you do normally is right? and i was like you know what i will try to do that and from that i understood i had an addiction mm -hmm. is scrolling in my instagram feed and i didn't understand how bad it was um every morning i would get, get up you know do breakfast and such and then sit there with my breakfast look at the phone scroll 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 scroll, scroll. <laughs> never ending scroll I don't know, like I'm wiping my phone with my own finger while scrolling or something. Yeah. Oh my god! And um, I remember like clicking like, like, and like, and like, and like until I would come. You know, you're up to date. You know that that notification that says you're up to date. Yeah. And I would do that constantly, morning, afternoon, evening, every day. Yeah, I. Like while breakfast lunch whatever tea time coffee time chocolate time whatever you want. <laughs> just a break right. uh, uh dinner time yes dinner time so bad um and actually i i eat my dinner in my room because um actually in the you know in the evening time i'm really busy already mostly because university work or just personal work you know and can get really hard because already my family has weed parting to eat because some of them eat at work other well they just come late from work so they eat later than me mm -hmm. so you know it's, it's just like that really dinner time is never together honestly it's just lunch and breakfast honestly yeah most of the time so yeah and my dad started saying you know how bad it is like for you to keep scrolling like that and once he said you know you're going to get an action block and i hope when you get it you will see how addicted you are and it happened <laughs> on this week yeah what is it what exactly is an action block oh okay so guys um when you get an action block basically you just click on like button or like you come you try to comment and they're gonna say you have an action blog, <laughs> the notification pops up. Okay, usually it's for like two days, one day or something. Mm -hmm. But sometimes it can be for one week if you're really unlucky like me, uh, or like <laughs> even for like two weeks or one month even. Um, but yeah, it, it actually happens when you spam likes, you keep unfollowing, you keep following too much, you spam comments. But honestly, I didn't actually spam likes. All I did was scrolling and just liking those posts that I like, you know, just generally enjoy looking at reading or something. Um, but maybe what I was spamming, I think it was unfollowing toxic <laughs> accounts because yes, I do remember doing that last Friday. I was hmm. every Friday, I just sit down and follow those accounts that are just, you know, they don't have the content you want to see or they just make you feel sad or something. Everything like just anxious, just everything else. Um, and I do that just to not see those things. Right. Um, but yeah, you also can get this action block when you use weed apps <laughs> to like follow people or like have more likes. And oh, okay. I think 
Yeah, it happens also for that. So don't use strange apps, kids, <laughs> for your Instagram or any other social media, of course. Um, because it's also not worth it because you're just going to get ghost followers and they're not going to actually like or like, I don't say actually put a like on your post, but I'm actually talking about like and looking at your project or like creative thing, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's not just about liking, it's also about looking at it. Sometimes you don't need a like, it's about them looking at it. Um, but yeah, what I'm trying to say is that I didn't actually do any of that because, well, as I said, doesn't make sense to me like you know um so i think what happened is all about unfollowing i believe and um it really pissed me off that i was unfollowing for my own mental health i would say because as i said it does affect me following those type of account that affect me somehow like they make me sad make me anxious or something you know those type of account that post things that uh, just makes you upset sometimes and they're wrong so, or even like friends that support, unfortunately, Trump. Right. Uh, <laughs> what I found about that like last week, and I was like, yeah, it's time to follow them and block some of them. Oh, <laughs> I don't done, want them. Yeah, I've done the same exact thing. So I, I know what you're yeah, talking about. Yeah, and I was so sad that Instagram did that just because I was doing it for my own mental health. And I was like, I'm not a bot, I'm, a, I'm not doing anything wrong. But then I was like, Simran, but how many likes do you put in a day? I was like, I don't know. So maybe that got out of control as well. So maybe I was spamming actually likes, but I wasn't aware of it. Trust me, it can happen. Whenever like you are like that kind of person that keeps scrolling every day and puts like every day, at some point you will get an action block, even if you didn't like too many pictures or something. Um, but yeah, there are many rules behind it. I don't really fully understand the action block because I think this is the first time it happened. Yeah. I believe I... to me. And I was quite shocked. I didn't quite understand. But I was like, yeah, we'll just wait, you know, whatever. I was just sad that I couldn't post anything. But I was like, yes, but I can post reels to showcase my work or, you know, whatever I'm selling in my Etsy shop or anything else, you know just post about my creations in my stories like showcase what i'm planning to do what i'm doing or my sketches or anything i want to share really as usual um but yeah i, I just got blocked <laughs> yes, for one week and yeah. tomorrow fine tomorrow finally i will be able a night though it's not like from tomorrow morning is a night actually so i will actually be able to um, like unfollow again some pages from sunday then finally I can post on Saturday. Um, yeah, I'm quite happy about posting again. <laughs> I really wanted to showcase this video to my audience. And some people were like, where is Simran? And I'm like, guys, I've got an action blog. <laughs> and yeah. they were like, what, what is an action blog? <laughs> and I'm like, okay, I will explain, I guess. So I, I just did this many stories. But yeah, let's go to the core point now. Sorry for this long talk about the action block, and I think no, you fine. should understand why it happens. Um, but the thing is that, okay, so what I understood in this week was, of course, I had an addiction in scrolling, and without knowing, I was spamming likes, actually. And by doing that, people were following me just because they wanted to like, because they wanted to see my creations. That did break my heart. <laughs> Yeah. No, I'm joking. It, it didn't affect me that much, honestly. Um, okay. I was like, okay, I'm, I'm not surprised, honestly. Um, I wasn't surprised. I was like, Simran, you just, you know, it just happens. It's social media. What do you want um, about it? And I, I was just accepting it, I guess. Um, but it did, like, kind of make me sad, like, oh, yeah, you know, the, they didn't just want to see a creation. They wanted, like, a follower, a Robert, you know, that would like the post, and that's it. And since this week, I lost lots of followers, and I understood that most of them were just people that, you know, wanted that like, and that I unconsciously gave while scrolling or something, <laughs> without even understanding I was doing it constantly. And it was like, I think it was just an addiction. It's like an addiction you get, you, get, you know, like you keep doing and you're used to it. And when you stop, it doesn't feel normal. On Monday, it didn't feel normal 
but then I started feeling I was like, okay, I think I can get this. I'm going to stop doing it. I'm going to try my best to stop doing it. Like from now, not just after, from now. So I was like, no more feed, no more. You're going to stop scrolling. Um, it was hard, yes. Um, it was like, it was just a nightmare, honestly, the first day. Um, I was so addicted to it, like looking at each post, like. putting something, a like, a share, and... Then I started thinking about, you know, how much time I spend on social media, how bad it is. And yeah, I, I wanted to still, you know, keep following those people that, you know, they post something that I really like. Mm -hmm. So like a creation, uh, I don't know, they talk about anxiety or something, or like a magazine or like a museum that I really like. Um, so I did turn on the notifications so I wouldn't actually scroll in the feed, but only look at their posts. So not actually, you know, go back to that independent thing. Um, but yeah, um, so yeah, I just sorted this thing, I guess now. And I think now I'm just off social media. I'm like, okay, of course I, I post in my story and I post normally in my profile, but I'm not going to stay there and put a like continuously and scroll every day. I think I broke the habit and now I feel even less anxious because before I had this anxiety that say, no, you need to go there and look at every feed until the end yeah. and keep doing it every day or something. I had this and because I believe that, oh, you know, if you keep, uh, you know, doing that or like, like that and that people will see your post a bit faster. Maybe um, yeah. it wasn't true. Of course it wasn't true. I was like, okay, whatever. Like I just understood if you see it not good for you, if you don't see it good for you, I guess, uh, if you see it after two days, good for you and good for me as well. So I just was like, um, at least now you have more time to spend with your friends for your creations, for whatever you want really. And so I guess I broke my addiction with social media now, especially Instagram, because I don't use Facebook or Twitter uh, or like even Snapchat. I think the only social media I actually use is Instagram and that's it. Um, I wouldn't say YouTube because just, you know, watch videos. Yes, and that's it. Sometimes while creating something, I put a video on and, right. you know, listen to it or something. Yeah, I I do um, a lot of social media, but most of it is on Instagram or um, just posting to um, my own website. Yeah. Um, but... Yeah, that that was a thing for me for a while was just obsessing over um likes and Yeah, it was for me as well. Like I was like I don't know, like if, if I didn't get an amount of like that was for me, like I didn't actually enjoy looking at the project. When actually maybe it wasn't even true, I think I just didn't see the post or something. And Yeah. Yeah. But then I started, you know, breaking free from it. So now I'm okay if, you know, someone follows me or something. And if someone stays, good. I mean, I guess that they like looking at my project, which is fine. I mean, um, by the end of the day, people are not going to look at how many likes you have, how many followers you have. They're going to look at what you create, the story behind it, and emotion. They're going to search for something that, are, that is going to stay in their mind. Mm -hmm. At least this is what I did experience. Um, so yeah, and from this, from this experience with social media, I started thinking about a photography project, of course, which is called, um, well, I just sketched it today, but it's called Energy Sucker. <laughs> <laughs> because this is how I felt, like it yeah. sucked my energy every day and I didn't even understand it. Like I would feel so numb, like, and why did it is put like a questionnaire on Instagram? I think it was two days ago. I don't remember now. Um, and asked people how they felt after, you know, using the social media, Instagram, whatever they're using for like every day for an amount of time and keep scrolling to create this project. So like I would get inspired because I found out that I like interviewing people, I guess, to create my projects. So it's not only about me, but also other people. Right. Um, so I put the community together or something, uh, and 
Yeah, I mean, I just want to create this project to showcase how actually it is, you know, using social media and such. And I'm quite happy that I snapped out of this. And I hope I don't go back in it um, yeah. because I, I just don't want to do that again. Um, it's really bad. I, I really need to stop doing this. I keep scrolling in my feed and liking. But at least I stopped scrolling this week. I couldn't like, of course. So, you know, it's... It was a good action block. It wasn't bad. Let's be honest. Yeah. It was bad. It was bad only because I couldn't post. If I could post and put a caption, then that was good, of course. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was good in the end as well. Like it helped me to understand that I had a bad addiction. And that wraps up episode number twenty. Like I said before, there's going to be more discussion with Simran in the future. Uh, be on the lookout for that. I'll post more uh, about that as I get that. Uh, part of the podcast or that part of the recording uh, ready to go. So I will post more uh, the closer I get to releasing that one. Uh, again, I really appreciate you um, listening to this. Uh, please uh, follow Simran. Um, her social media information is in the description. Uh, and um, if you, if you really enjoy this podcast, uh, follow me on uh, social media for more updates about this. Um, and also on uh, my website, uh, cypherimedia.com, um, which uh, should be also displayed in the video if you're watching the video. So I will be uh, posting more uh, very soon. Um, please stay tuned. And uh, thanks again for, for stopping in to give us a listen or a watch. Um, and uh, I will see you next time.